Welcome. You found the audio version of Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, the weekly live podcast covering Comic Con and con culture, hosted by the Englishman Leonard Sultana and the Grand Pumbaa of the Friends of Comic Con Forum herself, Alyssa Franks. This is season five, episode two, broadcast on Sunday, the sixth of August, two thousand seventeen, and we're joined this week by DJ and host Sean Patrick McKilligody, the man who steered the ship of the Marvel Studios booth at Disney D twenty three Expo a few weeks ago. Sean had a blast whipping up the crowd, as well as chatting to the incredible guests Marvel brought to the stage of the booth. We talked to Sean about his background, how he got to host such an amazing stage, and what it means to come face to face with the force of nature that is Michael Rooker. We also cover all the con news of the week and give one last Comic Con exclusive review, which I personally devoured, and over which Alessa was left drooling. We couldn't do what we do with a cup of tea each week without the generous support of our sponsors of our Patreon efforts. Please help any way you can by following and donating at Patreon.com/EnglishmanSDCC. Hello there. Welcome to Talking Comic-Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name is Leonard Sultana, and uh, it is 348 days to go to San Diego Comic-Con 2018. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, restart the clock, cancel the apocalypse, we're back on. Uh, so it's basically uh, a full 50 weeks to go. Um, but uh, obviously, over the course of the next year, we are going to be looking at all the other conventions that are coming up between now and San Diego. Of course, the second that we get any news about San Diego, we will be diving straight into that as well, because we were at the talkback and we did find out from uh, John Rogers that uh, we are going to be getting the pre-registration badge sale back in the fall. So uh, we will let you know as soon as that gets announced. So hopefully sooner rather than later. As always, with the Q&A, do jump in and uh, let us know if there's anything that you want to talk about today. Uh, but we will be talking to our uh, guests, which, uh, first and foremost, my regular partner in crime, we've got Alyssa Franks from the Friends of Comic-Con Forum. Hello, Alyssa. How are you? I'm well. Uh, you know, taking a few day, taking a few weeks off. I, I think, actually, maybe your idea of taking last Sunday off might have been a good one. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was, yeah. I mean, it's when I'm, I read, I got the notification through, an Englishman in San Diego is live, and I was beside the pool with yes. a drink in my hand, and I had a better time of it. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed my time off. I think you did. I was tremendously disappointed with uh, the Bayfront Hotel. I, I had stayed in San Diego through till Tuesday um, after Con, and they closed the pool and my bar. <laughs> I was I was devastated on Tuesday. I couldn't go sit by the pool and have drinks. I was what what do you, you know what do you do after Con? But that's that's the standard. You have to hot tub, pool, drinks. <laughs> Anyway, when you, when, when you get yourself into the routine of covering Comic-Con and then there's no Comic-Con, it feels decidedly odd. I appreciate that. But no, I, I appreciate the week off as well. So it was, it was a lot of uh, fun to just enjoy San Diego because I did spend uh, another week in uh, town uh, once Comic-Con had done. And it's always fun to just explore San Diego. It's, I, I do recommend anyone that does go to Comic-Con, either the week before or the week after, just Schedule some time and explore this beautiful city. It is well worth checking out. 
So there we go. Excellent stuff. Um, what's been happening on the forum? Is what's been the uh, the fallout from ComCon? Um, we still have a, a vibrant conversation going with regards to lines um, and suggestions, and there's been some good, very very good constructive suggestions, and some not so good, you know, suggestions. But that's to be expected. Um, a lot of people talking about the exclusives they got. I think one of the most interesting questions I got um, from the uh, Mondo group was, what uh, what was the favorite freebie you got? Thing that you didn't pay for. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of, there's been a lot of hats and a lot of that type of thing. Not so many t-shirts, uh, not so many posters, uh, but uh uh, one DVD set. I got. A, I was able to get it a, an Expanse season two DVD set, which I thought was particularly nice. But um, that's just you know a fun thing to think about. People are remembering it. I think. Sure, sure. Um, um, I think for myself, uh, it was um, a print that I got from uh, an artist which I'm a, a fan of, uh, uh, Elizabeth Delecky, who has done some work for IDW. And I did a review of a book of hers about a year ago, and apparently she remembered. And she gave me one of the Princess Leia prints, which I was rather uh, happy about. Uh, so no, that was it was fun to actually uh, to get that as a, a freebie. So that was cool. Um, this is where I now do an introduction for our next guest. Uh, Sean Patrick is joining us um, uh, as our special guest today. Hello, Sean. How are you, sir? I'm doing really well. Can you guys hear me okay over there? We can indeed. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you because I bumped into you at Disney D23. And I suppose, I'll tell you what, let's lead on as a segue from that question. What was the freebie that you got? Because you also attended San Diego Comic-Con as well, didn't you? I was there for part of it. I had some schedule conflicts, so I couldn't get down there till, um Saturday. And we can talk a little bit about what Saturday was later. But uh yeah, the best freebie I got, I tried not to take too much stuff, particularly. So you met me at D23, and I want to make sure. I think I gave you that. I may have even handed you that hat that you're wearing right now. Oh, no, 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 no. This, this one was handed to me uh, by Kevin Feige himself at Hall H two, uh, two years no. ago. Oh, am oh I there you see. Oh, jeez. I don't know where it is. We got to get you a hat. I got a hat. I got a hat. It's somewhere. I, I don't wear ball caps. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but you, you know, so I try not to leave with too much stuff. I did walk away with a fun, uh, Funko Dorb of Rocket Raccoon that I liked a lot. Got your Funko collection over there, which is, oh man, after my own heart. I love it. That and then um, I really tried not to walk away with this, but uh, Michael Rooker handed me a signed Yondu poster. That it, he said, this is this is for you. And I said, I can't take it. Said, no, you've got to. So I've got my, my signed Yondu poster, and it's signed by him and uh, three of the artists from Marvel Studios. So I was pretty stoked about that. That's cool, because it was one hell of a lineup at D23, which uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I suppose we'd best uh, introduce you properly. Uh, first and foremost, uh, do we use your second name? Because I know on Twitter it's DJ Sean Patrick. Uh, do we go the whole hog and go keep going? Yep, I'm one of those high-maintenance people with two names, so you nailed it. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, so it's Sean Patrick McKilligutty. Pretty close, yeah, McGillicuddy, yeah. Uh, Very yeah I knew I was going to trip up somewhere along the line. Um, I, I, when it comes to when I post stuff online, uh, the way I usually introduce myself, because I, I believe I'm like yourself, I work as a DJ 
for my sins. And on my uh, the, the bottom of my post, I usually put it's full time DJ, part time nerd, and trying my damnedest to switch the two around. Uh, how do you introduce yourself? Um, man, part time DJ, full time nerd, trying to keep it in balance. <laughs> um, oh man, so I do a lot of uh, a lot of DJing, a lot of hosting. So I'll DJ events um, for people like Google or Twitter, AT&T, like corporate parties like that. I'll host events like uh, movie premieres, like Star Wars Rogue One or Cars 3 or that kind of stuff. I'll host events and conventions and uh, and conferences like D23 where we met. Or I'll do uh, you know conferences for people like Beachbody, that kind of thing. So kind of just all over the place. Anything that's live entertainment, you'll probably find me there somewhere. Cool. I mean, how did you get into it? I mean, was it um, as the DJ first or was, were you, did you go to conventions first? Um, what, what was, what's your convention history? You know, it's interesting. It was definitely a DJ first. Um, I live out in L.A., so I'm kind of surrounded by convention culture. It's a little, far, a little, little bit south of me. But uh, so I've seen the Comic-Con stuff. I worked in um, the convention center in San Diego well before I ever attended a con. But uh, this was my first year really diving into the conventions themselves. DJing and then just started hosting. And in fact, this year, I don't think we got a chance to talk about it. This year, I got to go down to uh, host and DJ an after party with my buddy uh, Dre, a company called Hero Within, Tony Kim's company. He does licensed... We are, uh, we are aware of his work. Uh, yes, oh, he's been on the show a number of times. Uh, I was on, really? Oh, yes. I, I was uh, desperately hoping I was going to make it to that party, but I ended up going to the uh, John Williams concert. I went all highfalutin. Uh, so oh, I went yeah. to that. I went to that instead. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah. this year was uh, it was just wall-to-wall parties. There's so much stuff to kind of capture everyone's attention. So um, when it came to uh, kind of you, you say that you, you do your DJing and hosting first. So how were you approached to do um, stuff like D23 and other conventions? Yeah, uh, so I've had uh, I have a little bit of a history now working with Disney, doing their uh, premieres and that kind of stuff. And so, of course, Marvel and Disney are Disney's owned by Marvel, so essentially the same company. And uh, the first time I got to it goes Disney to Marvel Studios to, to conventions for me. So I got to I got the cool opportunity to host uh, the premiere of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two uh, this this last May, which was cool experience. And then I got a call from uh, Disney and Marvel Studios seeing if. I- I was available to host their booth for all of D23. I was like, man, I wouldn't miss it. So just jumped in right there. Well, I mean, the one thing about uh, hosting a booth, because I've kind of doing getting into uh, hosting uh, myself here in the UK, not on the same scale as yourself, but certainly yeah. kind of doing some cons here in the UK. And you do find yourself uh, kind of trapped. Well, not trapped as such, but certainly you're working it and you are there on the booth. I mean, what's been your experience with D23? Uh, how much time did you get the chance to balance and uh, check out the rest of the event? Uh, you cut out a little at the end there, but I think I got the gist of it. Uh, <laughs> man, uh, hosting a conference or hosting a booth is pretty similar to attending. You know, you're having 12 plus hour days, uh, you know, whether you're, you're working hosting on a stage or you're trying to get to the next thing at a con, like, it's pretty tiring. There isn't much, uh, much balance to be had there. But, uh, fortunately, the people over at the Marvel Studios booth were super cool, super nice. You mentioned earlier, it was a pretty packed lineup over there, but everyone we got to work with was, uh, crazy kind and gracious. Um, so it's, it's busy. It's full days. I think we started at, seven or eight in the morning. And then uh, most nights we had rehearsals that took us to nine thirty at night. 
So they're, uh, they're pretty long days. And if you're lucky, fortunately for me, uh, I had the Funko booth right next to our Marvel Studios booth. And that's, for me, probably the one place I wanted to get to. So it was jump over, get a little bit of my, my era. But, you know, as far as balancing, it's just like anybody else. It's like you just do what you can and what you got to do to make it, make it happen. I appreciate that, especially with the uh, the talent that you had on stage uh, this time around. Because right. uh, you say that D23, or this one was the first one you'd done uh, for Disney for this. So you have no real sense of a way of comparing it to uh, previous uh, D23s. The one thing that I did hear from a lot of people was how D23 had evolved when Marvel and Lucasfilm got involved. Um in terms of what you were seeing from that stage, uh, how did you feel the booth went in terms of the introduction of the Comic-Con element, as it were? Sure. You know, it was interesting. Um, as far as I know, this is the first time Marvel Studios ever had a presence on the D23 uh, floor. So this was new for, for us as well. Uh, apparently it went pretty well because uh, I'm not sure how much I can say, but we're looking to uh, the next D23 have a, a larger space there. So they liked having us there, which was cool. Um, uh, uh, Lucas Films and, and Marvel Studios being there, I know it was a big deal. I don't know. I'm sure you got to go take a look at uh, the Star Wars land, the model over there. I mean, that was a, a major, major thing there. But, uh, yeah, it seemed to really elevate the experience, the D23 experience is having, particularly those two studios there. I think what I also heard was, I mean, it wasn't, I think I mentioned this on our recap show, uh, on the Monday after Comic-Con, the amount of times I heard the phrase, you Comic-Con people at D23, the kind of the introduction of the, the mania uh, and the, uh, the the lines and the queuing up. So it kind of, sh- I know it kind of shifted D23. But certainly on the Marvel booth, it was always busy. It was always packed. How, how what, <laughs> what do you get out of it in terms of uh, a bit of an ego rush that you know that effectively you are controlling that booth in terms of the tone and the, the people that are coming on to, uh, to visit? Yeah, totally. Let me hit on, on the two things. Uh, the first thing you mentioned, that con culture. Con culture is growing. You know, D23 is a relatively new newer convention compared to things like SDCC. Um, but yeah, you're seeing that, that Comic-Con culture just, just start to grow. You know, you're seeing the Comic-Con people now doing the convention circuits, you know, making their way through. So yeah, all those people are, are really making their way and the culture and their presence is definitely there. Uh, as far as the, the ego rest, you know, if you've been doing some posting too, you kind of know what it's like. You get to be the good guy and the bad guy. Like everyone loves to be the guy who, who intros the talent or who gives away the cool free stuff. But no one wants to be the guy to say, we don't have any more hats, but you have to do both. As in you do get kind of the like, yeah, this feels cool. I've got a microphone, but you also have to be the bad guy too. So in some sense, it balances out. But that's cool. what it's like to, to be a live performer. Uh, you know, and totally. to actually have to be there and, and doing it day in and day out. I actually uh, was wondering how you started. I know you said you were a DJ. Um, did you start in theater or do you play an instrument? Were you in a band before you started DJing? How well, we, kind you- of went, we kind of went from DJing to you hosting uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. <laughs> <laughs> Cover a little bit it was before that. Simple. It happened like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, th- great question. Um, 
you know, it's interesting, particularly when you talk to a lot of singers, they have a similar story where a lot of those singers started with like, I, I was in church and I sung, you know, in a gospel choir and then I climbed my way up or I went on American Idol, whatever it was. For me, it was pretty similar. I started uh, working in ministry hosting for, uh, it started off with middle schoolers so out here. That's uh, about 11, 12, 13, 14 year olds and really uh, learned what it meant to host and to try to control an audience I don't know, ever since I was just about that same age, 14 or 15. And what was cool is when I started in ministry, I had so many opportunities to. So I'm hosting an event with uh, middle schoolers. Well, is that different than high schoolers? Totally. Is that different than elementary? Totally. College age, adults, it's also different. So it gave me a cool opportunity to kind of hone my skills as far as learning how to speak to different audiences, learning what works with different people. So that's kind of where the hosting piece started. Uh, to answer your question, yeah, I, I grew up playing instruments and being in bands for I think since high school on, it wasn't uh, until I was probably 18 or 19, I'm a little bit older than that now, a little uh, 18 or 19 started doing the DJ thing. And truly it was on accident. And it's funny how many people's stories kind of start like that. Like, well, I fell into it. I got a call from a buddy who was like, Hey, my DJ fell through for my wedding. Would you be willing to, to jump in? And I was like, I don't know a lot about that. I, I can host your wedding for sure. And I'll, I'll try and, uh, that was probably back in, oh gosh, that's probably 15 years ago. And uh, since then, 10, 15 years ago, I just got, uh, you know, I met some of the right people. I made sure that every time I was on a stage, I was putting my best foot forward. And, uh, it, it went from doing DJing a lot of weddings to getting to DJ some large corporate events and parties and then ultimately landing here. That's because I was talking with Under the Capes a, a few, uh, a few days ago and that was, a topic of conversation was how do you get comfortable performing and controlling an audience? And that is so hard for some people to do. And you oh. obviously have this skill if you're doing, if you're doing the Marvel booth. Did you do, um, so you hosted Tony Kim's, uh, the Red Wedding Party on Saturday night. Yeah. 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 I, I was there at, you did a great job. Everybody was there. Oh, dancing. you were there. I was there. That was amazing. That was an amazing party. I, I will admit, you did have stiff competition. I think Elijah Wood was on the other side of the building hosting um, fan uh, uh, <laughs> a screen junkies party. So you did have some competition that yeah. night. That would that was pretty stiff, but you did a great job. Everybody was dancing. Yeah. That was amazing. Thank oh, you. Oh man, thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. That was so cool. You know, uh, it's, we were all in the house of blues. That's where multiple parties were happening. I think, uh, you had Elijah, Elijah Wood hosting and DJing in the other room and you had us over here, me and my, my buddy Dre DJing over here. But honestly, like it was such a blast mm -hmm. I go, you know, talk about knowing your audience, uh, to, to just assume that you'll get a, a room full of you know, Comic-Con people dancing isn't necessarily a given. Like you really have to make sure we all feel comfortable and good and kind of can let our hair down, so to speak. And man, by the time we hit ten thirty or eleven, there was no stop in that party. It was just a blast. I, I was I wished it could go on for hours. It, it was that good. <laughs> Elijah, so, 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 do, so do I. Then I could have attended. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. I wish you were there too. <laughs> Listen, I have seen the pictures. I'm. Gutted for myself, so don't worry. I, I, I'm fully regretting it myself. Well, I'm, I don't know. I had a good, I had a good night as well. So I mean, I can imagine, like you say, in terms of 
hosting at the party, hosting at D23, it also comes rather handy when you are a nerd as well. I mean, would you, are you a a card-carrying nerd? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it took me a little bit to get into it. You know, I wasn't the kid who read comics growing up. Um, I I don't kind of have that background, but it's interesting. Well before I worked for Marvel Studios, that's really what kind of got me through the door was the MCU. You know, I actually just rewatched Iron Man the other day, and and it's like, wow, that movie still holds up. And it really, like, you can see the beginning footprint of all of that. And there was some something about the beauty of how all of that works together that caught my interest and really got me, you know, falling in love with these characters. I don't, you know, nerd culture is pop culture now, and I've like wholeheartedly jumped into that. Now I can't, I can't say I'm a card carrying who carrying Hoovian or, or anything like that. But as far as these superheroes go, maybe a little Harry Potter. Definitely, if you consider Funko part of the that culture. Oh man, I'm way too deep into that. But yeah, you can consider me one of your own. Excellent stuff. Excellent. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about is certainly the, the mechanics of D23 uh, and sort of like hosting the uh, the show, because you obviously are the, the primary face, uh, the one that is up there on the stage talking to Michael Rooker, talking to Andy Park, talking to these uh, talents. Who else is in the team when it comes to actually putting the live show on the booth on? I mean, I'm guessing there's you have quite the support system uh, in place. Oh, yeah, there's there had to be at least 20 plus people from Marvel Studios there. And what made that pretty incredible was uh, this was the first time for them on the D23 floor. And for all intents and purposes, everything went super smooth. Even with, you know, sharing a lot of airspace with different stages or sharing green rooms with different people and talent, like everything went so smooth. So yeah, it, it certainly was a huge production. Two people that stood out particularly, uh, Dave and JC. Dave kind of orchestrated all of it. JC, you could probably see him anywhere just making stuff happen, making sure that, uh, you know, people who are in cosplay or maybe people who uh, uh, were in wheelchairs made sure that they had wristbands to come to the signing, like really just going above and beyond. That was all JC. What's so cool, not just with JC, but with Marvel and their talents and, and all that is they really do put in the extra mile. When you look at people like Chris Pratt or Chris Evans, they're always going to kids' hospitals. They're always, you know, going beyond the screen to really connect with, with their fans. And it was the same at, at the booth, the mechanics of the booth, even the people who aren't on, on, on screen talent, they have that Marvel heart to go above and beyond and give you that really incredible experience. So yeah, that team of 20, 25 plus people, they really made it happen. Cool. I didn't think it would be that big a team. And uh, just in case anyone seems to get misconceived that uh, no, Ryan Pentagos doesn't just run everything when it comes to Marvel. <laughs> Uh, there's there's a whole team of people that are, that are involved. When it came to uh, the talent that was on stage, though, then, um, what were the highlights for you? Because there was, yeah. I mean, I can imagine uh, when I've hosted one or two, uh, they do start to kind of blur into one in your mind because there's just so much stuff that's going on and you're, you're getting all your preparation together and you're trying to get cover as much as you possibly can. What were the ones that stuck out for you uh, at D23 this time around? So we had a, uh, we had quite a few people come up on the stage and, uh, you know, everyone was, was cool and unique and different in their own way. Uh, you know, getting to talk with some of the artists, Andy Park, uh, Ryan Minerding, uh, as far as character conceptualization goes for the films, like that was really cool. It was, it was awesome because you got to see 
what they were like, how they did that process. So that was really cool. Uh, we had a lot of talent from the films. We had uh, Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther was there. Um, we had the director of the film there as well. We had uh, the last day. We had um, we had uh, Michael Rooker, like you mentioned. Always like the guy on The Walking Dead, right? Like it's always that tough, rugged around the edges guy. He could not have been nicer. He was like the sweetest person, and he was down for anything. I, I called him out on his Mary Poppins phone case on stage. He was happy to show it to everybody. I mean, he was just like he was totally game for anything. So that was definitely, I say, maybe it's definitely close to my top highlight. But it's hard to beat. We had Josh Brolin who plays Thanos uh, in uh, in the Guardians movies, and now in the Infinity War, or I should say, Guardians One, and now in the upcoming Infinity War movie. We had him come out. We got to introduce the new baddies for Infinity War together. And uh, that was exciting because I remember the night before I was asking Dave who was running the booth. He was showing me the maquettes, the statues of the big bads. And I was like, hey, man, does anyone know that these are the bad guys? Now, of course, there was some speculation for sure, but there was nothing official. He's like, no, we're doing this tomorrow. Like, this is breaking news. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I get to like, break news himself there. So that way, like, I don't think anything as, as far as what happened to D23 could top that experience for me. Feeling like I got to be a part, a little part of the MCU, the history of MCU. So that was, that had to be my highlight. Nice. When it comes to, when it comes to, talking to the, the talent on stage, I mean, how much leeway are you given in terms of how to conduct the conversation? Are you giving any kind of guideline questions by Marvel Studios themselves, or is it all you? Um, you know, they're pretty lenient, which is nice. Uh, it really depends on who you're talking to, though. You know, uh, you might have someone who's a little bit more soft-spoken, like Chadwick, who uh, is happy to be there, but uh, maybe a little more hesitant on the microphone. Then you've got people like uh, Rooker, who's like, give me a microphone because I'm going to talk my entire signing. So it depends on, like, ability, uh, really, of, of the talent up there. But as far as questions to be asked, they really gave me free reign. I just made sure I would always go to the green room and touch base with whoever was coming up on stage because the last thing you want to do is bring somebody like Josh Brolin up there and be like, Josh, do you want to introduce the four bad guys behind us? And he doesn't know who they are. Now, I'm sure he knew who they were, but just as an arbitrary example, you never want to, like, hang somebody out to dry. So just I would always make sure we just touch base with them. How comfortable are you? Do you want a microphone? Here's what we'll do. Quick back and forth, and then we go from there. But, yeah, I had a lot of leeway with that, so that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Okay, we've got a couple couple more questions uh, for Sean. But uh, if we have any questions from our Q&A, do let us know. Uh, jump in, and uh, we'll try and get some uh, questions uh, from our audience. We've got uh, Graham Small, who's saying the, the Andy Park presentation was amazing at D23. Really enjoyed that and the way that he was talking about his process, but also showing what was upcoming as well, which was uh, uh, really cool. Uh, and also, Super Catchick, I was at the Screen Junkies event, and wish I could have been over to Tommy Kim's party before we went, uh, considering that everyone is pretty much talking around and saying how much fun they had at your party at the uh, Tony Kim's event. So yeah, I think everyone, it was a hit. I think it's safe to say everyone had a great time. That's cool. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is uh, then Comic-Con, because uh, I did see uh, that you, you, I mentioned, you mentioned that uh, you'd gotten down to see some of the convention. Was that your first time at San Diego or have you been before? Um, it was my first time at San Diego during the con. Like I mentioned, I've done uh, man, that it's the, like the biggest convention center I've ever been in. 
it's like it feels like a, a mile just walking down it. So I've done some gigs in there, different uh, conferences, but never been down there for the convention. But what's cool and what seems to make it really stand out, and I'm sure you all already know, is like it bleeds out into the streets. It, it's not just contained in like SDCC, the, the majority of downtown San Diego. So even if you like, I always tell people if they're in the area, like go check it out. You don't need a badge to, to see what's happening. And even some people, like I think it's Adult Swim puts on a full carnival outside of the convention center. Like there's plenty of things to do down there. But yeah, this was my first time heading down there. I wish I could have been there the whole week, but unfortunately with some schedule conflicts, I couldn't make it down there till Saturday for that party. Never mind. Uh, is that uh, something that you'd like to aim towards actually hosting at uh, Comic-Con perhaps? Oh yeah, of course. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, with Marvel Studios as far as Comic Con goes. It's interesting. This was the first year that Disney put D twenty three before Comic Con, so they really got a lot of their large announcements kind of on their own stage rather than than saving it for maybe saving or sharing it with uh, with Comic Con with everyone else there. Because traditionally, I think it's about three weeks after Comic Con is when they have. D23 every other year. Um, Did you have much so, in terms of the background, the behind the scenes stuff of that, or was it, was that conversations held somewhere else about how Marvel were balancing between the two events? Else, you know, you picked up a lot as you were on the convention floor hearing about that. Cause Marvel studios actually pulled out uh, of Comic-Con, I think two years ago, not this last year, but two years ago, they weren't even at the convention. So it was cool to see them back there, but it'll be interesting to see moving forward. Uh, with D23 and Comic-Con, if they continue to be so close together, uh, kind of what Marvel's presence and really any Disney property, their presence is going to be at, at Comic-Con. I, I, I can sense that you're getting a little bit more guarded now. I, I don't want, don't want you to talk out, don't want to talk out of school. It's okay. We're not going to go that far. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I did oh, have, on, I did have a quick question about, um, how you handled Michael Roker. Um, yeah. I, I happen, I just, you know, I'm going to go back uh, just a little bit and then we can go jump forward with, with Leonard again in a moment. Um, I happened to see him in ECCC this past. Yeah. Oh my God. He was everywhere. How did you manage to control him? I'm serious. I mean, he, he had a full stage, a 6,000 seat, um, auditorium and he was one side of the stage, the other and in the audience, like 20 or 30 rows back. Uh, you know, it was, <laughs> how do you try, how do you manage to keep a, a force of nature like him under control within the time frame and to stay relatively on topic so that you get yeah. your points, you hit your marks? Totally. It's, uh, it's tough, but so fun. You know, it's interesting. It's, it's so much more enjoyable trying to work with someone who's a little bit, crazier i let's call it this a little bit more extroverted right <laughs> uh, than having to try to pull something out of someone who's more introverted you know what i mean okay uh, so it's cool uh you know he and i touched base in the green room before we came outside so we kind of knew what we wanted to do now of course he had his own plan he wanted to interrupt uh i think it was ryan who was no it was uh it was three of the guys uh the artists before and wanted to interrupt the presentation as they were looking at the yondu uh, drafts and he did that. So like he, he knew what he wanted to do, but still had some kind of bumpers, some kind of boundaries. And as soon as we got him on stage the second time after he left the stage the first time, as soon as we got him back up there, it was really about putting bumpers on him. Almost literally we had security kind of on either side. So we really couldn't leave very much. 
That I think may have been a literal leash on him. I think we may have actually roped him down. But you know, he had a he had a microphone so he could he could engage with everybody. Uh, he said he liked to do his uh, his signing standing up, which he's the only person I've ever met who doesn't want to sit when he signs. He just stood there and did it. But yeah, he uh, he was a ton of fun. He wasn't he wasn't too much to handle. But I was chatting with his publicist before before we brought him up, so I I kind of knew what we were in for. I hadn't seen him at a convention like you did. Did you say you saw him at Emerald City Comic Con? Yes, and uh, the the different and the difference I think is that he was in a in a a theater setting, you know, where, mm-hmm. where there were chairs and it was a little bit more room than there was on the convention floor. And that's kind of how what I was wondering is how. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a big mob of people at the Marvel booth, so you know I'd be worried about his security. So oh, totally, but you know, it just seems like who he is. And the Marvel the Marvel Studio security guys, they all know him well, and they they are excellent at what they do. So I'm sure if there was an issue, they'd be able to grab it. But you know, when when you get to know somebody like Rooker, like Michael Rooker, you're just kind of ready for what he's going to do, and just hope for the best. Yeah, oh, no. with Rooker as well, it's more a case of everybody loves him. Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing going to be too hardcore. And not only that, but anyone who thinks they can sort of like square up with him, if they've not seen him in Walking Dead or Guardians of the Galaxy, they know he's going to slap them about a bit. So I think everyone, right. that anyone who feels aggressive is going to be guarded. And to the, for the vast majority, everyone else is just like, but we love you anyway. You're Mary <laughs> Poppins. Who cares? Uh, so, yeah, I, I can imagine it, it is just a case of winding up and watching go. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, we've got one or two people are asking about um, future events and other things that you may have uh, uh, on the pipe for uh, Marvel Studios and perhaps even for uh, for Disney. What other else? What else have you got uh, coming up that uh, people could be interested in? Because I know we've got, uh, well, I don't know. I, would, would they be flying you out to uh, Japan for uh, next year's D23? Is that where it is? Yes. I didn't even know. I mean, there's a chance. I do Get love you working. on the flight, man. Get you on the flight. Okay. Because uh, you've got that. You've got Star Wars. Is Star Wars Celebration something that's in your kind of line of sight? Or, uh, or is, is that someone else that they would turn to? You would more likely see me at uh, – I'm not saying definitely see me, but you'd be more likely to see me at the, uh, the premiere for uh, the new Star Wars movie coming out. Um, since I, I got the chance to DJ and host uh, Rogue One this last December. So you'd be more likely to see me probably at the premieres and the celebration. These calls, friends at Disney and Marvel about... So the, to answer your question, the best place to find out, you know, uh, where you can see me, where you can find me, just uh, check out my Twitter, which is just at Sean Patrick DJ, S-E-A-N Patrick DJ. I always post where I'll be. A lot of the stuff I do, unfortunately, if it's not conventions or movie premieres, are private company events. So some those are those are a little tougher to get in. But yeah, if you're uh, if you're going to be at any premieres, hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to say hey or. Uh, if you're at any uh, actual conferences, just let me know. There's a good chance I'll be doing something at, at conferences all across uh, the U.S. So hit me up. Cool. I, I, I'm just I was talking, thinking about the uh, the Marvel kind of uh, lens uh, lens of security when it comes to Marvel Studios and Disney. Uh, I can imagine that there's actually only a certain amount that you can share on your social media. It's like when you were shown the uh, the baddies for um, uh, Infinity War. They were thinking, if I post this, uh-huh. I am gonna I am gonna be the Lord God of nerd fandom for the next yeah. 24 hours. 
and well, then they'll find my body somewhere in a dump truck somewhere as Marvel security decide that perhaps I need to be removed. Uh, I can imagine your your social media is a bit of a, a tightrope. I'd be lying if they didn't find photos uh, the night before of the, of the new baddies, but it's one of those things like, do you want that 24 hours of nerd fame, or do you want Marvel Studios to keep calling you? So it's an easy choice once I... Once I <laughs> perspective but yeah you know it is a little bit tough with what you what you can and can't share and they take it real seriously over there with disney and marvel studios uh you know i think most of us have heard um tom holland isn't even allowed to see the scripts for the upcoming films because he keeps leaking stuff <laughs> so, uh, so yeah they take it pretty seriously over there Fantastic. Um, a couple of things uh, that are coming on the Q and A. Um, we've got um, people asking about um, obviously your, your, the next thing that you're going to be doing. It sounds like Star Wars is going to be the next one where people will be able to spot you at. Looking forward to uh, checking that out. And also, we've had uh, Graham Small asking, "Do you need a plus one for the Star Wars premiere at all? Anyone to carry your um, controller? Anyone to contro- carry your laptop?" I think there's just you, you have a queue of people that will help you out with that if needs be. You know, I, I usually uh, I go for droids and Wookies first, so you know it's kind of a hierarchy thing. Well, I think I've been talking on social media that perhaps I may be found in a Wookiee co- costume at some point in the near future. So yeah, you know, you're gonna, cool. I will back this up, and and <laughs> so he was saying this. This he didn't just invent this today. <laughs> Oh, six four. I think I could pull off. It's just the growl I, I need to work on. But there's no way you're getting me that on doing that today. So calm down. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Right. So um, just to wrap things up, then. Um, obviously, uh, I'd love people to kind of keep up with what you're doing and uh, what you've got coming up. You've already talked about your Twitter. Where else can people find out about uh, Sean Patrick online? Yeah, uh, you can find me at any social media platform. Uh, the biggest ones are going to be Twitter and Snapchat, but you can find me on Facebook occasionally. Or excuse me, I said Instagram and Twitter are the biggest ones. You can occasionally find me on Snapchat and Facebook. Everything is the same, all at Sean Patrick DJ, S-E-A-N, Patrick DJ. Twitter is mostly uh, professional uh, you know, photos from gigs and little replies to people here and there. But if you want a little uh, in-depth peek at what's going on at these events or even just into my life, Instagram is definitely the place to, place to find it. So it's all just at Sean Patrick DJ. On a professional basis, I'm curious to see about your DJ rig, but that's just, that's, that's something else. That's something, yeah. Okay. Sean, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much indeed for joining us. I know it was kind of last minute when we asked, so I'm so grateful that you came on. Thank you so much oh, indeed for coming on. Sir. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. And hopefully maybe this time next year, I'll be uh, back hanging out with you guys. I, I you never know. Well, let's, let's also talk about you hosting my party. But we'll, we'll get into that as well, so who knows? Yeah, up on Twitter. You know how to get a hold of me. <laughs> Thank you so much stuff. for, for uh, the Saturday night for Tony's Red Wedding. That was absolutely fabulous. We had a great time. Oh, thank you so much. So glad you had a great time. Couldn't have done it without Tony's team there. And, of course, my partner in DJ Crime, Drake Korea, killed it over there. And it uh, looks like we'll probably be back doing that again next year. I'm not sure where the venue will be, but Tony and I and, uh, and Dre are already talking about it now. I, I, you, you know, see, I this, is where, this is where I get double booked now. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. See you later. No worries. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, you can either stick around or you can listen, talk us, listen to us talk nerd for a while. But uh, if you yeah, want to get Kevin off the I got to just, uh, just touch base with Kevin real quick. <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, I gotta run, but I'll see you guys later. Take care. Brilliant. Bye-bye. Thank you, Roger. Sean. Take care. Brilliant stuff. Uh, so that was Sean Patrick. Once again, you can uh, find him at Sean Patrick DJ on all the social medias. Brilliant stuff. Right. Um, so let's crack on with the rest of it. Uh, first things first, uh, as we did mention in the uh, countdown, we are introducing one or two bits and pieces when it comes to the Hangout, including um, supporter space where you can kind of contribute to the Hangout uh, in terms of anything that you would like to advertise, advertise in terms of a product or indeed a blog or a website. Get in contact with us. You can head to the Contact Us page of anenglishmaninsandiego.com. But halfway through each and every show, we are going to be allocating a space where we can talk uh, to our audience about uh, things that uh, we think uh, we'd be willing to share. So do get in contact with us uh, by going to the contact form on anenglishmaninsandiego.com. Right. Comic-Con news. Uh, let's uh, crack on with this. Um, we've got a whole bunch of conventions that are coming up, and we're also looking at the aftermath of San Diego Comic-Con 2017, including the dates for 2019, which, when I posted it on the website, did kind of freak a whole bunch of people out, purely because they thought that perhaps I'd mistyped and that we were talking about 2018. No, we have the dates provisionally for 2019, unbelievably. Um, this is uh, coming off the back of uh, a reader on the uh, Friends of Comic-Con forum who got in contact with us, spotted it on the Tuesday of this week that um, the event had been updated on the San Diego Convention Center um, events calendar. And uh, we do have those dates, which is Thursday to the 18th to Sunday the 21st of July, 2019, with a preview night, presumably, of course, going to be held on Wednesday, the 17th of July. But uh, that now depends on uh, making it official, which we will find out closer to San Diego Comic-Con 2018. And, of course, uh, all the other dates as we lead through. Uh, Because one thing that I think a lot of people were surprised when we were talking to uh, uh, Gil Cabrera, who's the chairman of the Convention Centre Committee, uh, just how far in advance they do lock in dates to their calendar uh, at the convention center. I mean, I, I didn't quite catch Alyssa's face, but my face was just a, a face of sheer shock at just how far they went ahead. I, that was amazing. Didn't he say uh, 30, 20? Yeah. Somewhere 30s. in yeah. 30, late 30s. I was just like, wow. So at least we can assume that San Diego has those dates roughed in. San Diego uh, CCI has those dates roughed in, assuming that everything does uh, pan out with the city and they are able to do some sort of an expansion. So, yeah, I think it is. I mean, obviously, everything's penciled in. We have it official in the city till 2021, but obviously they are going to just have everything locked down. I mean, they were talking something like, what was it, 75% lockdown way into next decade. It's, it's incredible. And I think a lot of people don't realize just how far in advance they kind of plan this stuff. But we do have the dates then um, kind of officially for uh, 2019, uh, which you can check out on an Englishman in San Diego.com. It's interesting that San Diego, the convention center, is so confident that it can rent the space that they're willing to allow people to pencil in dates as opposed to lock down dates. That's that's pretty that's a nice position to be in. 
for for uh, San Diego Convention Center. It's an, uh, but it's then again, it is San Diego, and we all know how much we enjoy San Diego. So we do have cool. some um, right. What was that? Sorry. Uh, we do have some other convention news. Uh, if I don't know if you had heard about uh, Fan Fandom Fest in Kentucky uh, this past week, had you heard anything about that, Leonard? No, this is news to me. They were they are basically a fan fest, so a lot of uh, publicity, uh, uh, photo ops, signings, and so forth. A lot of VIP packages. They uh, took people's money. Half about half of the guests canceled, and there were no refunds. Now I don't know if that is going to end up being the case, but there is a huge kind of backlash. I believe Bleeding Cool did a, a very good write-up on the event of last week, so that's just kind of another ripple in the whole fan fest. Um, for-profit uh, events that are happening out there. So use caution, guys. You know, make sure at yeah. least I mean, I'm, go- I'm going to a FanFest um, event myself next weekend, but I, but it's refund. I know it's going to be refunded if something doesn't, you know, if a guest Is this something that, I mean, we've, we've kind of talked about this on uh, the, uh, the UK side of conventions as well, that uh, you have that... Um, that crisis of confidence in a convention. And it really does become a house of cards that you just have uh, one rocky element where you just think, is this event going to happen? You get uh, one guest pulling out, and the next thing you know, everything just starts imploding. And considering that, uh, I mean, we've had uh, posts from creators and artists actually talking about how payments uh, take place at a convention, and we've, we kind of now have a little bit more inside baseball about how guests are booked, um, and we find out that it's very much a case of it's all done pretty much on the weekend of the actual convention, which means they have to rely on the organizers and the promoters to deliver the uh, people through the door. And when you have um, people not paying uh, deposits to artists and uh, attendees, that's when it starts to all kind of fall apart. We had that with rogue events here in the UK. I'm kind of guessing that's what's happened with fandom. Well, actually, what happened was, yes, but it happened a few weeks beforehand because the fandom did not pay for the travel expenses and the deposits uh, that were uh, airline tickets and, and travel documentation was not done in a timely manner. So uh, the artists pulled out. They just said, well, if you're not going to, you know, if you're not going to commit to this, this, this schedule, we're not coming. And they apologized to the fans, and that's the way it was. Yeah. Uh, We've got Leanne D saying that my brother puts on conventions, and it is a pretty typical uh, situation uh, to happen. Uh, And you've got Super Cat Chick saying, I totally understand the admission not being refunded, but the photo ops purchased for specific guests that have cancelled should absolutely be refunded. Um, I think that's where Rogue Events have really got themselves into a hole in that uh, events were being cancelled, guests were cancelling, and they weren't telling anybody. And indeed, in some cases, they were actually still uh, taking bookings for those uh, uh, artists. So it was a a bit of a, well, a very, uh, it was a mess, quite frankly. Um, Okay, um, 
Let's see. I just want to come to this side of the pond very quickly to talk about London Super Comic Con, uh, which is the uh, the next big event that's happening here in the UK. It takes place on the weekend of August 25th to the 27th. Um, it's uh, in about uh, three weeks' time, and hopefully I'll be doing a live broadcast and report from that show. Um, and hopefully we'll be having a couple of special guests joining us as well. But uh, also just to let uh, people know, we do have some uh, last-minute uh, confirmations of uh, people that will be appearing at uh, uh, London Super Comic Con. Uh, we already have confirmed Brian Michael Bendis is uh, going. Uh, you've got Gabriel Delotto, Terry Dodson, uh, Tyler Kirkham. Uh, you've got Jay Lee. Uh, Dan Slott is also going to be doing one of two convention appearances this year. He's also going to be appearing at ICE in Birmingham. Um, Simone Bianchi, uh, Laura Braga, and a whole bunch of others. Uh, but uh, confirmed this weekend, uh, we do know that now that uh, Lee Garbett and Dave Gibbons will be appearing at London Super Comic Con. So uh, hopefully we'll get the chance to speak to them while we are at uh, in London. So looking forward to that. You've got a convention that's happening next weekend, haven't you? You're going to be doing a live report for us. I will be doing a live report from Boston Comic Con. This is a convention, um, as I've said before, that was locally owned and run as a as a true what I would call a Comic Con. And it's been purchased by FanFest. So this is the first year where it's probably going to move more towards a fan convention. Um, that said, that we do have photo ops with Stan Lee. So I think I will be taking advantage of that myself because I need another picture with Stan Lee. <laughs> this, is, this is where we don't have a live report from... Uh... Uh, Alyssa, because it happens to be scheduled about the same time as when we're supposed to be going yeah. on air. Which... <laughs> but uh, they do seem to have a, a, a strong cosplay component. Um, so I am having done my first cosplay at San Diego. I am going to be uh, exploring that aspect of of it. They've also uh, FanFest has also moved from the sm a smaller venue into a larger venue. So it could be a much larger show. I will say that they are way behind in things like their um, their app, which <laughs> has not gone live yet. Um, they kind of bury their panel schedule in amongst other things that it's not as prominent as it is on comic con sites. So we're I, I'm kind of making my way through this. It's 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 my first fan event as opposed to a Comic-Con. So I'm, I'm going to be writing on it and speaking to that issues too. So I'm, I'm really kind of looking for you next week. You'll get my first impressions of what it's like to go from, from, you know, comic conventions to fan fests. Cool. I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've got a great restaurant scheduled for Saturday <laughs> night. If anybody is in Boston, Totally. I, can, I can say from personal experience, I did discover from going out a couple of nights with Alyssa, she's a foodie. She knows her stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah she, I can understand double, looking at, at checking out uh, double restaurants. Double chocolate stout cake. That's yeah, I'm just going to say that. That's on my list. I'm going to have it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Alyssa, um, from, this is from Sarita P. Will you be cosplaying as Jin since Felicity Jones will be attending New York Comic Con? Leading on. Is, this is this is a rather nice segue into my next bit, but yes, will you be cosplaying yes. as Jin again? 
I, that is my intention. That is my intention. As a matter of fact, I'm playing with my hair, which I have, I am not, yeah, so we're, we're, we're going to, <laughs> with that, the shoes, I've got to work on getting my shoes a little bit more comfortable. But I think with cosplay, that's kind of, yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing it for a, a while now. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she, I, I, you hear about stories of people getting into cosplay and getting very involved in their character and being very bolstered by uh, putting on the persona of that character. That was Alyssa. She was definitely emboldened by wearing the Jin Erso outfit. It was uh, pretty cool to watch. Okay, which leads on to, uh, very quickly, then some New York Comic Con news then, uh, like I say, um, as uh, really, really revealed there by Sarita. Yes, uh, this was revealed three days ago that Felicity Jones will be coming to uh, New York Comic Con. It's only going to be on the Friday. Uh, so uh, if you are, or if you do have those Friday tickets, uh, congratulations. You've got the opportunity to uh, see uh, Felicity up close and personal. New York Comic Con tickets, as far as I recall, are currently uh, sold out apart from a number of tickets on a Sunday. Uh, so if you are wanting to attend, now's the time to get onto that site and get those final uh, tickets. But as far as I'm aware, uh, the rest of the days are now completely sold out. Uh, and also uh, another thing that was announced uh, this week, uh, this was, uh, no, this was yesterday, sorry. Uh, there is going to be a, an outside show that is going to be taking place on the Friday. Uh, this is going to be at the Bell House, and it is going to be Jonathan Colton, Paul and Storm, and special guests for a night of music, hilarity, and general nerdery. Uh, tickets are available if you head to the uh, New York Comic Con Twitter at NY underscore comic underscore con. Uh, if you check out the tweet from about 20 hours ago, they do have a link there, and we'll also do what we can to put it onto my Twitter as well. Uh, just to uh, have something to do on the evening. And uh, quite frankly, spending it time uh, with uh, Jonathan Colton, you can't say fairer than that. It's uh, going to be a hell of a show, that. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's at the Bell House. Uh, that's uh, doors opening at, uh, uh, I think, 6 p.m. So uh, it's a nice uh, uh, show into the evening. So that's rather cool. Cool. Um, so that's New York Comic Con. Hopefully we'll, we'll be having a uh, uh, Mike Armstrong joining us in the next couple of weeks to talk about uh, the preparations for New York. Uh, so uh, fingers crossed. Uh, I, I've just been confirmed by Sarita P. It's the Thursday that's available for New York Comic Con. The rest of the weekend is completely sold out. So there we go. Um, right. Is there anything else that you want to talk about when it comes to uh, future cons coming up? I just wondering what conventions um, our watchers are going to be going to. I was also thinking about going to uh, Rhode Island Con and was wondering if anybody is going to that. Um, I've heard some people talk about Long Beach Con, uh, having tickets for that. Uh, just kind of wondering, as uh, one of the things that Sean said, which was kind of interesting, that, you know, you have, he's even noticing that you have people who are doing the convention circuit. And I, I, I was I, so I'm kind of follow, trying to follow up on that a little bit, um, but I, I don't see. Let's see, uh, I don't see Fan Expo Canada. Michael P says um, Andrew English is going to Islington. Is, did I pronounce yes, that? Yes, that's London Super. That's yeah, that's London Super Comic Con. Okay. And you said you're going to be trying to do a live show from that. I am going to try and do a live show. Obviously, at 6 p.m. in the evening, uh, everything will be wrapped up. But the uh, uh, hopefully, I'll be trying to convince uh, one or two people to hang around and uh, do as a live uh, show 
from that. Uh, so looking forward to uh, reporting from uh, London Supercomcom. I'm also hopefully going to be attending um, Lakes, uh, which is the Lakes International Comic Art Festival, which takes place in Kendall uh, from October 13th to 15th. And the other big one for me that's coming up uh, is uh, on the 9th of September, uh, which is going to be in Birmingham. We've mentioned it previously before, but this is uh, the International Comic Expo that takes place in Birmingham. Uh, we'll be doing a live show from that as well. Um, I've, we've done a live show from uh, ICE before, but um, hopefully it'll be uh, uh, something interesting considering that I'm actually hosting at ICE this year. I'm going to be interviewing John Tyler Christopher on one of his very rare visits to the UK. Apparently the guy doesn't like flying at all. Uh, so uh, he won't be coming to the UK possibly ever again. So this is a very rare opportunity. And like a fool, someone's actually scheduled me to talk to the guy. So that's going to be rather cool. Um, if you've seen his work, and I guarantee if you buy comics, you have seen his work. He's done the various co variant covers for Marvel, uh, his variant covers for the Star Wars. Uh, he does the one that does the uh, action figure uh, variant covers. Uh, excellent artist. And I'm really looking forward to talking to John Tyler Christopher. Uh, that's on the 9th of September and uh, hopefully we'll do a bit of a uh, live show on the day after. What uh, What is the status of Thought Bubble? I know that, didn't they have their fun, their funding pulled last year? No, uh, well, Thought Bubble has always been something that will uh, continue to go. The thing about Thought Bubble is, uh, in the past, it was something that uh, did events uh, as a non as, uh, well, I believe it's a non-profit as such, um, because it is a funded festival. It was something that was going after arts uh, funding from here in the UK, and it was fighting against other uh, events like lakes, like ice. So it was kind of doing its best to uh, get some of that money in. Uh, as it happens, last year, the money went to uh, lakes, I believe, which is kind of reflected in the stature of the guests that uh, attended uh, lakes last year. Thought Bubble has now got to the stage, however, with uh, the sponsorship that it's gotten in, that it doesn't necessarily need to re rely on that uh, Arts Council funding anymore. And it has now moved, or will be moving, from the uh, uh, the uh, Royal Armouries, uh, which is a little bit on the outskirts of Leeds. Now it's right in the city centre. It's right next to the Town Hall. It's uh, in the Millennium Square, which is, uh, <laughs> believe me, slap bang in the middle of the town. How that's going to affect the convention, I'm very curious to find out, because in the past it was a case of you had to know it was there. You had to be a dedicated comics fan, and you had to make the effort to journey out to the Royal Armouries. Mm -hmm. Now, and it's right up close and personal, so we could be seeing a, a bunch of people who are introduced to uh, the convention for the first time. Uh, that takes place on the 18th to the 24th, of September, and uh, yeah, we'll do a bit of a live report from that as well once we're done. Um, it, Sarita has mentioned that Hasbro is doing Hascon in September, um, which I, I'm kind of interested to see since this is the first year of, of a dedicated con for Hasbro. I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to turn out. I'm wondering if she's going to do a, a is going to go to the con and maybe interested in doing a live report for us. At least, you know, at least let us know what happened. That would be fun. Uh, Leanne. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Indeed. Anyone who's actually listed a, uh, a con that they're going to, if you want to do a live report from there, drop us a line. We'd love to have you on. Um, I mean, there's a number here that have been listed. Uh, Leanne D is going to be mm -hmm. at uh, San Japan over Labor Day. I'd love a live report from that. That would be cool. <laughs> 
Um, and also Alamo Comic Con in October. And then you've got Aaron Nabus talking about Long Beach Comic Con, LA Comic Con, and Designer Con. Designer Con, we had that live report from, and it was, that seems like a very interesting event. I, I quite liked that a, a, a lot. I still remember he had talked to, uh, uh, some, some, a booth that was doing 3D printing, uh, with a pen in, and just creating the, that was I mean, so weird. That was so odd. No, it wasn't odd. It was fabulous. I loved it. It was amazing. Um, just I, I, I quite enjoyed talking to Patrick Ballesteros on that show. That was that was a fun oh, thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. But yeah, Designer Con is very much about the creatives. So no, it's an, it's an interesting show. Is that so? Yeah, hopefully we'll have a a, a live. Uh, Aaron Neighbors is saying our live report was epic. It was because I remember there was you. There were several other people kind of like bouncing around, and we ended up really juggling that show. It was a lot of fun. That was that was cool. <laughs> so there we go. Excellent stuff. Um, we're at the top of the hour. I do want to try and keep these to an hour from here on in. So let's move on. Um, I would have got one. Okay, oh, go on. I want to point out one quick thing, um, and not to go into any, as Leonard said, we're trying to wrap this up. Uh, the spring cons look like they are about two or three weeks between them. So, uh, just, just put those on your radar of Gallifrey, ECC, WonderCon, C2E2, Silicon Valley, and San Diego Comic Fest. They've all got a, at least two or three weeks between them. So it's going to be, you know, you'll be able to go to more. If you're local in California, it'll make coming, it'll make going to San Diego, to California harder for those of us who are traveling and trying to get at least two or three conventions in. So we're starting to do some planning on that. The reason why I mentioned that is because Southwest tickets, which a lot of us fly, the airline Southwest's, uh, the spring tickets go on sale at the end of this month, um, for, uh, airlines, uh, for their booking until June 1st. So, and back to you, Leonard. Excellent stuff. Okay, um, so obviously it's a case of keeping an eye on what convention conventions are happening when. I am going to be updating the um, con calendar on an Englishman in San Diego.com. Uh, I'll uh, post on Twitter when I've finally got all the details on, uh, but I think I've only just do a couple of things I want to just update uh, now that I'm back in the UK. So uh, hopefully I'll have that calendar up and running and uh, fully up to date by the end of the week. Right. Um, I was going to do a post-con recap, but we kind of covered that in the uh, the show that we did from San Diego, and I'm sure that it's something we can talk about uh, over the for, uh, coming weeks, how CCI can move forward uh, after Comic-Con 2017, but we'll we cover that. And we can get the next part because you did not send me my chocolate. So we can. Oh, right. Okay. Well, you're pretty, you're preempting me and jumping into. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Let's do this. Um, <laughs> as we, as we led, this is the reason why she's preempting me is because she just, she wants to live vicariously through me on this one. <laughs> Bear with me. Um, as we led up to San Diego Comic Con, we did try to cover as much as we could when it came to the, uh, the must have uh, convention exclusives of San Diego Comic Con 2017. And there were plenty of them. But one of them, uh, we only really find out or found out about on the weekend of the convention. And it was from the convention center themselves. Uh, they produced a bunch of limited edition chocolate bars, uh, convention 
Confessions, uh, as it says on the back here, uh, you have purchased a one-of-a-kind chocolate bar made by hand by the chefs of the San Diego Convention Center's in-house caterer uh, center plate of 1,200 bars made just for San Diego Comic-Con 2017, which makes it one unique sweet treat. So uh, we were talking about this on the uh, the hangout, uh, which we did um, on the Monday after Comic-Con, and lots of people were just going, oh, we didn't even know about them. That's fantastic. Caroline picked up at this. So unopened, this is going to be our last San Diego Comic-Con exclusive review. I'm going to. <laughs> I want. <laughs> I have my hand out. Just make it good. Now here's, here's, now, here's the other thing that we talked about briefly. We talked about that inside a number of the bars, there are also golden tickets, uh, which allowed you to have um, like a Starbucks gift card or something. <gasps> oh! <laughs> you opened that up. Beforehand, you did that on purpose. Yes, so then go. I have a golden ticket as well. Do we believe right, him? So. Viewers, I want your opinion. Do we believe him okay. or not? There we go. Okay. <laughs> right. So this is creamy white chocolate with crushed Oreos with milk chocolate. Now the reason why I'm curious about this is because, quite frankly, American chocolate. It's pants. Um, it's there's it, not enough cocoa. It's not creamy enough. Uh, don't get me started on Reese's Pieces. Uh, anyway, but anyway, uh, it says a lot that I have to take English chocolate over for some of the CCI staff. So, you know, I'm curious to see how this is going to work out. So here we go. Uh, I'm going to eat this and tell you my Im impressions. Sure. <laughs> As things go very quiet, this is going to make this is going to be great for the audio version. <laughs> it's like I could do the first little bit of a week in television while you're while you're sampling. Let me do the first little paragraph. Go for uh, it. No, go on, then. knock yourself out. Tonight we get sharks because yes, the return of Sharknado Five is happening this evening, um, along with Ray Donovan on Showtime, which is. Uh, it, which it looks to be a very great show. I don't have Showtime, so I don't know. But if I did, I would be watching it. I like that kind of gritty, gritty stuff. And, of course, we've got Game of Thrones tonight also. And now we have Paul Leonard is <laughs> trying my, to my, yeah, Okay, my review, um, like I say, this was talked to us, talked up a lot by Gil Cabrera, who's the chairman of the convention center. Talked about how they were very popular. I can understand why. They are absolutely, it's very much like European chocolate in that it's got more the cocoa and the, the it's smoother and creamier. The Oreos are very nice. Yeah. Um, here's the killer. I've got to take half of this bar back to Caroline. And if I don't, I'm a dead man. <laughs> but I could easily finish this. This is really, really nice. Can you just say um, one piece? One piece. <laughs> I, I could I could send I could send you this I could send you this big oh, oh how you mean person you oh, there we go excellent stuff um no I would heart listen next year if they're doing these 
Yes. Give them a go because that was that. This is gorgeous. It's well really, really not nice. Too sweet. I, I prefer a darker, a darker bitter. You know, and I hesitate to say bitter, but not as sweet. I hate. You know, no, no, I, no, I will say this is a very sweet chocolate. Um, it's I, I'm a dark chocolate fan myself, so no, I appreciate where you're coming from on that. But no, I will. That's that's a that's a that's a, that's a hit for me. I'm, I'm down with that. So that's cool. Um, uh, continuing. Also, I'm oh, sorry. No, um, just a couple of other bits and pieces. Oh, uh, Supercat chick, Super saying that I should have bought a couple of those. Uh, Liam D, I miss England and the real chocolate. Um, and, uh, yeah, lots and lots of fun. Uh, Andrew English is talking about uh, Blood Drive, which starts on Sci-Fi UK this Thursday. The first episode, he says, is rather slow, but it does pick up nicely on episode two. Uh, I know yeah. we talked about Blood Drive um, as we led, led up to uh, San Diego. It's definitely um, and, shows that you, that it's not kid-friendly um, and is 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 pretty kind of uh, uh, Mad Max you know, early Mad Max, that that kind of thing. So, but it is fun and it is interesting. I, I watched the first few episodes of it. Um, sure. Later on in this week, we also have Mr. Mercedes, which is coming. Um, it's a, an adapt an adaptation of a Stephen King novel, and it's going to premiere on the Audience Network. Now, I think that the Audience Network is only on Dish. TV. I'm not quite sure of it, but um, Kevin, Doctor Who 42, watched a couple of episodes of it and really likes it. And I have to say, I'm really enjoying The Mist on Spike TV, uh, which is also a, a Stephen King adaptation. So those those are, you know, just kind of couple of interesting things that are happening. But yes, I'm going to set the DVR for Sharknado tonight because you got to get your sharks in <laughs> during Shark Week. I'm um, hoping next week as well I'll also get the chance to see The Dark Tower as well. So next week I'll be bringing my impressions of another Stephen King adaptation coming this time to the big screen. Uh, you may have heard online that uh, it has not been received spectacularly well, but I've been hearing other mixed reports. Uh, so I'll be going to be bringing my impressions, hopefully, of that film uh, next week. I think the it really is the... Um, You've got the hardcore fans who have lived and breathed the book. You've got the the medium fans who read it uh, years ago, and then you've got the uh, the general cinema universe who's never read it. So you've got those three fan bases, and if it appeals to the people who read it, you know, years ago, then I think it will be a success, and it probably won't meet the needs of the um, I've reread the Dark Tower series a gazillion times. Um, very few movies ever do that. So it's I am look I have heard fabulous things about Dunkirk. Um, and that that is the movie that I I have got to go see. Um, I'm sure Mark um, FBS would Mark Serby would <laughs> admonish us both for not having seen that one so far. Well, um, I'm certain I'm going to get told off as well for not seeing Valerian yet either. But then I have been kind of spending a week catching up, and uh, next week is my kind of social uh, going yeah, out. So hopefully, I'll be getting the chance to see Valerian as well. I'm, uh, I'm talking about how how people have how the audience haven't come out in droves 
droves for Valerian and that it is possibly this year's um, John Carter. I'm hoping that's not the case um, and I'm looking forward to seeing it myself. So, uh, Andrew, uh, are you asking about my review of Valerian? Bear with me. I will hopefully see that this week. (laughs) Right, so let's wrap things up. I'd like to say thank you very much indeed again to Sean Patrick for our uh, uh, special guest appearance uh, earlier. I hope you enjoyed that interview. He's brilliant. We can TV finish it up. I thought we'd just done it. I did not. That was all media and movies and all that sort of stuff. Um, Orphan Black finishes up next Saturday night. So a lot of people are really kind of devastated by that. Not (laughs) don't eat more chocolate. He's eating chocolate. Caroline, (laughs) he's eating the chocolate. Um, Saturday Night Live is going to be a special editions of Saturday Night Live weekend updates will be start airing this week. And DuckTales also starts um, starts airing. Uh, I have to just put a shout out for Will. If you guys, if anybody likes that kind of time time travel, it's a real fun a fun show. Midnight Texas is not to be missed. Uh, we, as I said, we said good, goodbye to Doubt and my longtime history favorite of the American Revolution turn has its last episode this week also, as I said, of Orphan Black. Okay, now we're done. Now okay. we wrap this out. Fair <laughs> enough. A couple of comments on the Q&A. Graham Small turning around and saying uh, that he loves Ray Donovan, which I, I believe is uh, coming back rather soon. And also Sarita P. Since uh, HBO was leaked, wondering if more Game of Thrones episodes will be released. I guarantee this was your one. This was your one episode. Security on that thing will be shut down so damn tight now. I think that was your lucky shot. That was as good as it's going to get. Okay. Um, thank you very much indeed to our guests. Uh, Alyssa, where can people find you online? At Friends of CCI for my Twitter. And uh, my site is friendsofcc.com. Excellent. For myself, you can find me on all the social medias, usually at Englishman SDCC. And of course, you can find my work and also the work of uh, other contributing writers at an Englishman in San Diego.com. We'll be back next week. If you would like to continue to support the Hangout and indeed everything that we do, you can support our Patreon. I uh, got the email yesterday that we had a Patreon payout, uh, which came out. And I'd really like to say uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much indeed to everybody uh, that has uh, supported the Patreon. Um, we posted early the uh, interview that I did with Tess Fowler at San Diego Comic-Con. So if you were a supporter, you got that about three or four days earlier before I posted it everywhere else. So that was my little gift to you. And I'll be doing more of those as the weeks go on. You can support at patreon.com slash Englishman SDCC. We're back again next week, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT. And for myself and for Melissa, uh, we'll hopefully see you then. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.